Good morning and welcome to the NCSA Mental Health Devotion. My name is Nandi Fleming and I will be your host for this morning's worship. Before we start, let us just pray. Heavenly Father, we long for a connectedness with you, with those around us, and Lord, to the communities and the families to which we belong, Lord, we pray that you will strengthen our bonds, especially as the time of the end approaches, Lord. We we feel very alone in this world and, and we need support. We need somebody there that can help us go through the hard times of life, Lord, as the Bible says, when one falls, the other one can pick them up. And I pray that as we talk today a little bit about how it helps for us to put ourselves out there in order to form community, Lord, that you will be our strength, that you will be our support, and that you will guide us through it all is my prayer in your name. Amen. I'd like to read for you a verse from the book of Genesis, chapter 2, verse 18. And it says, It is not good for man to be alone, and therefore I will make for him a suitable helper. The title for my talk this morning is Seen, Heard, and valued, how to overcome loneliness. I wonder about the verse that we read in the beginning, Genesis 2 verse 18, when the Bible says it's not good for man to be alone. And I wonder if maybe God knew that, you know, we would have this inherent need, maybe a need that he even placed inside of us to be a part of something bigger than ourselves, to be a part of a community, to feel that we belong. Um, and, and I think if we could rephrase this verse, basically what God is saying, it is bad for man to be alone. And and I realize that there, sometimes without us realizing there is science within the Bible where God says, for your emotional well-being, for your cognitive well-being, for your mind, for your body, it is not good for you to be alone. You need somebody with you. You need somebody to support you, to be there for you, a kind of support system. And I think that one of the worst feelings in life is having to deal with the feelings that are associated with loneliness and abandonment, you know, where people in the past perhaps have let you down and have, you know, left you feeling very lonely and empty inside. Maybe you've experienced in the past that your family has cast you aside or you have friends that no longer call, parents that are disappointed and distant, um, children that no longer visit or failed relationships that have broken apart. And to you, I would like to say, as John 14 verse 18 says, the Lord says, if all of these people have left you, he says, I will will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. God says that in a world where you have been abandoned, in a world where you feel extremely lonely, he is there for you. He is your rock. He is your support. He will never leave you and he will never forsake you. But I'd like to speak to you today about loneliness and what exactly loneliness is. So they tell you that the definition of loneliness is loneliness is sadness because one has no friends or company. Now there's a problem with this type of definition because many people have experienced the feelings of loneliness even amongst friends and amongst company. A better definition would be that loneliness is an emotional response to disconnection. In other words, loneliness really comes from feeling disconnected, from feeling like you're not a part of something. Um, It is really an emotional experience just like fight or flight. And this is interesting because a lot of times we think that loneliness is just something that we must shake off. But remember that every emotion that you feel stems from the limbic system, from the brain. It is trying to tell you that something has happened and that is just the emotional response. The emotions that you are feeling is just a, a, a effect of something deeper that is happening. And just like fight or flight, something that happens in order to keep you safe, loneliness is a feeling that you experience when something has gone wrong. 
um, it is really characterized by isolation. And we all have this built-in desire to be seen, heard, and valued, to feel that we belong, to not be abandoned, to not feel isolated in our situations of life. And words that are often associated with loneliness are things like abandonment, um, feeling cast out, feeling alone, feeling isolated. Um, and the definition of abandonment is really... Um, cease to support or look after somebody so when somebody you know sort of like just dumps you when you are deserted or when somebody has completely given up on you this is abandonment and a lot of people struggle with this because maybe they've had past experiences of abandonment where people have left them um, and and sometimes when you look at loneliness for some people loneliness is there because they really have experienced abandonment in the past and they really do feel that there is nobody there that sees them that hears them, that is there to value them. And then for some people, it is really a matter of that they think that they are, you know, abandoned, but they really are not abandoned. And so there's really two categories of loneliness. But let's talk about what are the causes of loneliness. People who struggle with certain types of mental illnesses like anxiety and depression can often experience feelings of loneliness because they feel they're very alone within their mental illness. Other problems could be, you know, the fact that in the society that we live in today is, is that we're just prone to spend less time together. I think of times when we used to go to church when I was a kid, you know, after church, we used to go to people's houses. We used to spend time socially in other people's homes way more than what we do today. And I don't know if it's a societal thing that is just changing over time, but as time passes, we are spending less time together, which means that we might end up feeling more lonely than before. Now, another reason why you might feel lonely is because when tragedy hits, instead of leaning into community, we tend to go and try and go through things alone. We're scared to reach out and ask people for help, you know, to make our burdens their burdens. But this is exactly what community is there for each for. for. And, you know, the Bible says that we should, you know, confess our sins one to another and we should pray for one another. We should uplift one another. In other words, you know, community is there so that we can reach out to them and ask them for help. Um, another reason why we might be experiencing loneliness and feeling abandoned is because of the rise of technology. And um, they really are saying that technology is replacing human contact, face-to-face -face human contact. Others are arguing that it's establishing more human contact. You know, we, we actually have more social networks in which we can connect. But there really is a problem with, you know, replacing virtual relationships with face-to-face with -face relationships. And some of you might have been experiencing loneliness during this lockdown, realizing that Yes, we have the the connectedness over social media, but it's not the same as having a face-to-face -face relationship. And then you find that people end up turning towards therapy, you know, to replace those relationships that they once had. And and, and therapy can never really be a replacement. Having a, a psychologist or somebody, a psychiatrist, somebody that sees you, hears you, and, 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 and tries to help you to feel valued again is never going to replace that real relationship that you have. I'm not saying don't go to therapy. I'm not saying don't go to counselors. They can help you to maybe work through some of your problems and give you some strategies to reconnect with those that you maybe are no longer connected to. But um, be careful that you try and replace true friendships with that. There are certain types of lonelinesses. And as I said, there's the loneliness that happens when events hit. So let's say you're going through a very specific crisis and you might end up feeling lonely in this crisis because you might say things like, nobody understands this because it hasn't happened to them. So how can I reach out? How can I speak to somebody? And in situations like this, I recommend 
recommend that you find support groups where there are people who have gone through similar situations and form new bonds and new relationships there. But then you have a type of loneliness that is a day-to-day loneliness, a chronic type of loneliness where every day you feel like there is no support in your general life. There are no friends. There are no family members who are there in terms of really seeing, um, really um, listening and really valuing you within that community. So who are people who are prone to loneliness? Well, they say that the two groups that are most prone to loneliness are the very young and the very old. And they are usually the loneliest because they, the young, you know, they're still forming their connections. The old, you know, people tend to neglect them. And there are many chances of also single people becoming very lonely and struggling with loneliness. And the reason for this really is, is because these different classes, the young, the old, the single, tend to not know where to fit in. We have a lot of support groups for, you know, couples and families, and we've got programs at church for these types of things. But very often we neglect people who are alone, you know, the very young who are still trying to form friendships, the very old whose spouses have died, their family members no longer come to visit, um, and singles who maybe have gone through a divorce or maybe a spouse has died, maybe they don't have any children. And the problem with this is really is the reason why they end up feeling very lonely is because they ask themselves the question, where do I fit in? And society hasn't really been kind to them because we haven't formed places for them to fit in. We hardly include them into couples outings or, or if you are a person who has children and a single person comes along and they don't have a kid, how do they fit in? You know, you're doing something for the kids and they don't have a kid. So we tend to to not invite them Um, or we might be scared to invite singles to our family outings and things like that because what if they steal my spouse or we might have thoughts like what if they don't want to hang with us you know like our interests are not their interest and we tend to purposefully or uh, not purposefully exclude people and and you know the problem with this is is that we we realize that these categories of people you know um, struggle to find uh, a connection struggle to find something to connect with because usually we connect on levels of um, romantic relationship, things like that. Now, there are certain effects that one can feel when you go through loneliness. And the emotional effects are the most overwhelming, you know, feelings of sadness, abandonment, feeling depressed, uh, You might even experience illness, actually, um, where you literally start feeling nauseated and feeling, you know, that, you know, um, why is this like this? Why do I not belong anywhere? And then you might experience emotions like irritation, hate, frustration, even thoughts or feelings of um, revenge because, you know, why do I not belong here? This is so unfair. You know, why are people treating me this way? And then you might even experience feelings of low self-esteem and self-worth because when you are not a part of something you might start asking questions like am I not good enough you know what is wrong with me that I uh, that, that nobody wants me to be in their life and 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 you know be in a friendship or a relationship with me and then you might start asking certain questions and start having th- certain thoughts you know um, because loneliness is a very difficult emotion to identify um, and it can be very confusing to somebody experiencing loneliness you might not even understand that this uncomfortable feeling that you have inside of you is probably loneliness. Um, There are many people around you 
probably, and but yet you are still feeling lonely. And this is one of the problems with the definition of loneliness. You see, we often say loneliness is because you don't have friends, you don't have family, you don't have people around you. Um, but this is really isolation, and isolation can cause loneliness. But some people are not isolated um, physically, but emotionally they are isolated. Emotionally they experience isolation. They might be in a crowded room, uh, in a party, they might be in a family, in a house with many people around them, but still feel lonely, still feel abandoned, still feel cut off, um, not heard, not seen and not valued. Now, loneliness can happen while you are in a community or while you are part of a family. And and many times families and communities don't recognize that people inside of these communities or families are struggling because how could they be feeling lonely and because it is not voiced. Now, the feelings that we can't identify, feelings like, or feelings that we can identify, like I'm feeling sad, I'm feeling hurt, I'm feeling in- uncomfortable, all of those feelings that go together with loneliness, the brain tries to make sense of these feelings. And he would, the brain would say something like, why am I feeling this way? Is it because nobody loves me? Um, is it because I'm a loser, you know? Um, is it because they are all mean? And, and the problem arises with theories that come out of the feelings of loneliness. Because loneliness is such a confusing thing that we feel, um, we tend to neglect the facts and, and we tend to go with the emotion. And then we come up with all kinds of theories as to why we are alone, why people are not around us in the way that we need them to be around us. In other words, yes, they are there. Yes, they might feel like they are in a friendship or a relationship with you, but but in on your side, you have specific needs. You know, you want to be seen, feel, heard and valued. And maybe you're not feeling valued. And then you come up with all kinds of theories as to why you are feeling so alone. And you might say things like, you know what, I don't really have people who care for me, you know, because I haven't heard from my, from my friend in a few days. And this is a fact. You know, you might not have heard from your friend in a few days, but then your brain starts trying to deal with this fact. Why haven't I heard from my friend in a few days? And you'll probably come up with theories like, he probably hasn't called me because he's tired of me. He's found some better friends. He has more important things to do, more important people in his life. Um, and, and, and you know, um, why would he worry about silly old me? So, so the problem doesn't lie in the fact. Yes, maybe your friend hasn't called in a while, but the problem lies in our own theory and explanation and our own thoughts regarding the facts surrounding us. Um, abandonment or lack of belonging, which you might have experienced, um, is very painful and scary to work through through. And it goes along with probably people who have experienced past experiences of abandonment. And and people who have experienced past things where they have literally been abandoned or where people have walked out, you know, maybe broken relationships, you know, um, parents, you know, giving you up for adoption, whatever it may be, might cause something which is called abandonment distress. And basically what this is, is, is that you end up feeling very distressed when you contemplate the future. You know, having experienced this intense fear of what happened in the past, you end up sitting with this fear if what if my current friends or those around me also leave? Everybody seems to leave. Either somebody dies or they break up with you or they move away. And and, and people start to form this pattern within their minds, a type of neuropathway of abandonment, if I could call it this, where they tend to end up struggling with irrational thinking, you know, where they say, well, it's happened so many times before and this path is so strong in their mind of abandonment and of loneliness um, and isolation that they end up thinking thoughts like everybody leaves me so why not you nobody cares so why would you care and and then we start end up doing fortune telling which is a type of irrational thinking where we start 
predicting the future, saying he's also going to leave me. And then we start really sabotaging our relationships. We start acting out as if this person is really going to leave us or if, if the person is going to abandon us. And then we sabotage relationships which could be meaningful. Now, when you feel abandoned, we tend to also abandon in turn. This is really what I'm saying. We need to challenge our thinking, our thought processes. Use some CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, as we spoke in some of the earlier um, talks. Sit down and ask yourself, is this realistic, the thoughts that I'm having? Is the fact that other people abandoned me going to lead to everybody abandoning me? Um, but I think of, you know, in the Bible examples of where some somebody felt this way, where they ended up abandoning because of past abandonments. Um, the disciples sits with the thought in their mind after Jesus has died that the Lord had abandoned them. You know, he, he has died now. They no longer have him. They're feeling very lonely. They're feeling outcast amongst everybody around them, probably because, you know, they had the specific idea that Jesus was going to be the savior and now he's dead. And what do the disciples do? How do they act out on these feelings of loneliness and apparent abandonment by him? Um, they go and they go back to their old ways of life. They abandon their calling. They go back to fishing. And, and this is really an example of what can happen within our minds. And we need to sit down and we need to think rationally about what is truly happening. And we need to sit down and challenge our thinking. Some people struggle with extreme irrational thinking when they feel abandoned. They start having thoughts like, nobody cares. Everybody's leaving me. I have no one. I belong nowhere. And, and do you remember that we spoke about words like never, everybody, all the time. Um, these words we call generalizations. In other words, just because 10 people don't want to be your friend doesn't mean that the rest of the millions of people out there in the world also don't want to be your friends. This is called generalizations. And we need to be careful of, of generalized thinking because this is going to end up causing us a lot of distress because it's unreal and it is false thinking and it's causing distress within the brain. Um, and we need to challenge this kind of thinking. And then you have all or nothing thinking where sometimes we say, sabotage our friendship and relationships because we say, you know, um, my friend didn't do this or didn't do that. Um, we have a tendency that we feel that our friends should be everything to us. They should be our hero, our comforter, our counselor, our um, financial support. And, and, and there's nobody in this world that can be that everything to us. Friends, you know, um, fulfill certain, you know, needs within us. And that's why we have a variety of friendship groups, why we have a variety of people in our lives because they fill the gaps in various ways and we need to be careful of of saying you know um, this friend doesn't call every day and therefore he's not a true friend some people don't you know live life this way some people are just different in their temperaments and personalities but it doesn't mean that they're not good friends so be careful of what feelings of abandonment can do to your thinking because your thinking can make you feel even worse and make you end up isolating yourself and feeling even more lonely there are also certain physical health effects um, when it comes to loneliness they have actually shown that loneliness has proven to be have become a public health crisis it is actually dangerous to struggle with loneliness um, because because people who have loneliness are constantly in a type of fight or flight mode um, and they live with this for years constantly with stress levels that are high and and th these stress levels that are so high these feelings of anxiety of why don't I belong you know why don't people like me um, they have actually shown through studies that it can result in a 29% increase in heart disease this is more than people who smoke 15 cigarettes a day 
that is tremendous. And, and you know, uh, if we think about this, we really need to step up as a community and start reaching out to, to, to doing active programs to curb loneliness. Um, they say that loneliness has been shown to um, increase the risk of um, heart attacks by 32%. And they say that loneliness has become a bigger killer than obesity. They say that people who struggle with loneliness um, have a double chance of, you know, um, having dementia when they're older than those who are not lonely. So it can also contribute to various mental illnesses. So just as much as I said in the beginning that depression and anxiety can cause loneliness, loneliness can also cause depression and anxiety. And, and we need to realize that it really is a problem. It is a huge problem and, and that there are things that if you are lonely that you can do in order to curb loneliness and there are things that we as a community should do in order to reach out to others. God has, has said to us in the Bible, he has said to us that the greatest commandment of all is that we should love the Lord our gods with all our hearts, mind and soul and love our neighbors as ourselves. In other words, if we are realizing that our neighbors, that the people around us are struggling with loneliness, the singles, the widows, the orphans, whoever they may be, that we should form communities that will purposefully reach out to them. Um, loneliness also has a specific behavioral effect on us. In other words, when we feel la- lonely, we tend to act out in a specific way. And sometimes the reason, the, the way that we act out can actually sabotage future relationships. Um, we tend to further withdraw when we feel loneliness, which doesn't really help loneliness. Um, some people struggle with self-pity. So they, they're very you know, self-absorbed, thinking in inwardly, um, sitting a lot with, you know, the problems of self and forgetting to look outwards. And, and this can become problematic because it can sabotage you actually, you know, spending time with other people, helping other people, because it's not just about how I feel, but it's also about loving your neighbor. As much as your neighbor should love you, you should also be loving your neighbor. And loneliness can really cause us to really have this deep need of wanting my neighbor to love me. And then I forget to love my neighbor in return. Um, And we've really just um, spoken about this a little bit earlier where I've said that sometimes what happens is is that, you know, we would say things like, you know, my friend has never called. They never call me. But when last have you called your friend? You see, it's not just about your neighbor loving you, but about you loving your neighbor as well. Um, Usually the solutions that people do can come up with, you know, trying to deal with loneliness can also um, be problematic because we might say stuff like, in order for me not to be lonely, I need to become more popular, I need to become rich, I need to wear better clothes, I need to have a better job because all of these things will bring me more friends and it will bring me more happiness. And they really don't. Jim Carrey says that for each person who thinks that um, becoming popular and famous and rich will, you know, help you not to be lonely, they need to become popular, famous and rich so that they will realize that it doesn't curb loneliness. Now, the sad thing is, is that um, one of the behavioral changes that sometimes might come along with feelings of loneliness is is that a person might um, start to do what's called attention-seeking behavior. Now, sometimes certain types of attention-seeking behavior is, you know, um, not bad in the sense of that it's not harmful. Um, people tolerate it, you know, sometimes even encourage it, you know. Uh, but, but then there is something called harmful attention-seeking behavior where people start really 
getting into feeling so lonely that they cry a lot. Little children especially will throw tantrums and cry because they feel that they are in need of attention. Um, they start doing reckless things like cutting, reckless behavior, going out, doing things that could be harmful to them. And, 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 and really we tend to then respond to this harmful behavior in a very criticizing kind of harmful way. And, and really what this is, is as we as a society should realize that if somebody is uh, behaving in a harmful way towards themselves and towards others, that the problem doesn't necessarily lie with them, but the problem lies with, with, with us sometimes in the sense of that we haven't made them feel um, listened to, we haven't helped them to feel heard, seen or valued. Maybe they're not feeling valued and maybe we should work on really valuing them, really spending time with those around us. Um, and there is a part that they play as well. But for us who are listening to the talk, you know, we can't really do much about their behavior, but we can do something about our own. We can follow the biblical mandate to love our neighbor as ourselves. Um, so would please be careful of when you now see people um, doing harmful behaviors to say, are they looking for attention? Um, th this is not a tool that you can use in order to, you know, diagnose other people or to sit down and say, ah, yeah, no, she's just looking for attention. Just ignore her. Then you are just perpetuating the loneliness. Then you are just making it worse. And and my question really is, when has it become a sin to seek attention? And and we really are living in a society which has become very self-centered, and we don't care for people anymore. We don't reach out to them. If people are in need of attention, why not give them attention so that they can feel that you see them, that you hear them and that you value them so how are we going to overcome loneliness this is the key question that we should be asking um, there's a part that if you are feeling lonely that you can play in overcoming loneliness and there's a part that the community has to fulfill what is that which you can do well the first thing that you can do in order to overcome loneliness is to ask what are my support systems who is out there what are the different types of groups that I can go to and find um, friendships in to form friendships in well the first you know, person or at the top of the list of your support system should always be God. As we started off in the beginning, God understands that loneliness is a predicament. And therefore, he, he says it's not good for man to be alone. He says that we should reach out to our community and we should love each other. We should care for one another. We should be there for one another. But he also says, apart from us just being there one for, one for another, he says, not only should you love me as your God, but he says, but I love you. I am there for you. I care for you. Whenever it is night or day, I am there for you. Isaiah 41 verse 10, the Lord says, fear not for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with your right, with my righteous right hand. And as we said in the beginning, many times when people feel, you know, alone and isolated, it could be either because it is chronic. In other words, they simply do not feel like they're a part of a community or it could be that they're going through a very specific crisis. And I believe that this verse in Isaiah is basically helping us to understand that the Lord is saying, fear not, I am there, I can uphold you, I understand, I can help you through the troubles of life. Come to me, all you who are weak and heavy and weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In other words, the Lord says, if you feel like you belong nowhere else, I am telling you today that you belong in the family of God. I am your God, you are my child, and you belong here. This is the first place where you belong and where you should be and where you shouldn't feel lonely at all. I am here for you. 
other places where we can find, you know, friendships and where we can find a sense of belonging is within our direct families. You know, your mother, your father, your brother, your sister. Then there's, of course, also your your new direct family. If perhaps you have a, a significant other, a boyfriend, uh, a spouse, maybe you have children of your own, your new direct family. And then indirect families, uncles, aunts, cousins, and then, of course, friends, work colleagues, your church community, if you belong to other places like gyms. And, and you know, we really need to look at the different places where we can go to form friendships, lasting friendships, because you might not have the support of your direct family. Your mother might have abandoned you when you were young. So one or two of your friends might have, you know, um, you know, left you behind. But there are still other places where we can form meaningful relationships. And we need to learn that in order to overcome loneliness, we need to find these little nucleuses where we can form new bonds and new friendships and lasting relationships. And remember that it is Satan's aim to destroy our support system because he knows that how dangerous it is. He knows how detrimental it is to our mental and even physical health to be alone. And he works hard at isolating us, whether it is by disconnecting us because of the overuse of technology, whether it's disconnecting us with causing us to be in isolation with things like COVID-19. Um, Satan works hard at destroying relationships um, by building up grudges inside of us because of past hurts and, and not allowing us to work through forgiveness. Um, and he likes destroying families and breaking up marriages and, and, and ending friendships because he knows that within numbers there is strength. He knows that within these support groups we can help each other carry each other. Solomon says in the Bible, he says, it is good for two people to, to walk together because when the one is falling, the other one can lift him up. When the one is cold, the other one can lie next to him to heat him. And, and it's true that the Lord says that we need each other. So we need to really learn how to overcome loneliness by identifying those places where we can go to form friendships. But then how do we do it? Well, you got to reach out to many people and you got to talk to them. Um, I know that sometimes loneliness Loneliness is painful and confusing and you might feel that the reason that you're lonely is because maybe you're a loser or an outcast. This is not true. Um, sometimes we just got to put ourselves out there. You know, sometimes we are lonely because we sit at home. We go from work to home, work to home, and we don't really form friendships at work. And at home, there's really nobody. Um, or maybe at home, you know, you might be experiencing um, feeling cast out because people are not being kind to you. So we got to put ourselves out there and go to these little nucleuses where we can form more friendships. I'm not saying you need to go and spend money, but you know, sometimes you just go to the shop. Sometimes when you're standing in the row, there are people behind you, there are people in front of you, you know, strike up a conversation, maybe during COVID, you know, to be like, yo, I can't breathe under this mask, you know, like how have you experienced it? Speak to the cashiers. You might find that, you know, meaningful friendships are formed in this way. Another way that you can form friendships is not just to put yourself out there, but focus on the needs and feelings of others as well. Instead of worrying about you being lonely, Realize that there are other people out there that are also lonely and you go and reach out to them. You go and reach out to the young, to the old, to, to those who need it. And, and the funny thing is I've realized that in my life, I have formed some of the most meaningful friendships with, with younger people than myself, you know, with, with, with kids who are still in school, with people who are in university level. Here I am and I have formed sometimes even more meaningful friendships with people who are way older than me, 10, 20 years older than me, people who are singles, people 
people who, 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 who don't necessarily fit into what you think the norm should be for you to have friendships with, you know. There is this saying that says birds of a feather flock together. And sometimes you can form meaningful friendships because you have certain things in common. But sometimes the interesting, most interesting friendships are formed because you actually find those friendships in, in the most oddest places, places you thought you would never find friends. But then you can also go. Go to places where your interests are. Um, if there are certain places that interest you, if your interests are, for example, exercise, go to the gym and form friendships at the gym. Reach out to people. Talk about exercise. I remember that um, one of my, my newest friends, which I've probably you know just recently um, became friends with is somebody that I, I, I met through a mutual friend. Um, I met her once, we've seen each other once, but we've been friends on WhatsApp, on Facebook, on Instagram for probably the past year. And the reason that we formed this friendship is because both of us are into weight training. And and and, and this lady um, has become a dear friend to me. Sometimes we talk over the phone about deep things simply because we formed a connection through weight training. And we've really become a support to one another through one of our mutual friends who also exercises. And this is extremely interesting. Go to places, speak to people about your interest, put yourself out there, talk about your life. Because when you talk about your life and your interest, people will be like, hey, I like this too. And a new friendship might form. Um, another thing that one should do is because don't sabotage your friendships. Always try and show up for meetings. I know that loneliness has a type of effect on a person where we tend to to like the disciples. When you feel abandoned, you tend to abandon. Um, don't don't abandon those friendships which you still have. Don't neglect those meetings and those 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 times that you've set up to meet with people simply because you are scared or because you're feeling like, uh, you know, sometimes our emotions sabotage us. Be careful of this. And work really hard at forming new relationships. You see, relationships are hard work. There's this myth that's going around where people say, you know, we're told that everything will just fall into place accidentally and magically. Um, there's a saying that has perpetuated this myth that says, love shows up when you least expect it. Yes, it shows up when you least expect it, but only if you put yourself out there. Only if you are spending time sharing your life, um, going out, reaching to people who are lonely, doing things for them, loving your neighbor as you you love yourself and not sitting there waiting for them to come and love you. That's the only way that it's going to happen. Um, so we need to realize that if you want to be healthy, fit and in shape, you need to sit down and intentionally eat consciously, be healthful, be purposeful about it. And this is the same about long lasting relationships. You got to work at it. You got to be intentional about it. You got to be conscious about it. You need to make an effort as much as you're expecting other people to make an offer, effort. As I said before, we often and say things like, you know, my friend never calls me, but when last have you put in the effort to call them? Be careful of your expectations regarding, you know, what a true connection should look like because friendships are so different. People are so different. You know, some of my friends call me every day and SMS me every day. Other people I've only hear from once in a month, but they're still my friends. Um, so be careful of your expectations. This could sabotage your friendships. And then community-wise, you know, as much as the community needs to change, you form a part of community as well. As much as you must put yourself out there, you need to realize that you can also do something for others who are lonely. And the problem with community today is, is that we are more willing to do stop smoking seminars than to donate 
and donate money to lung cancer, then we ought to do campaigns campaigns to stop loneliness or invest money in projects for outreach to you know orphans, widows, singles, young people, old people, whoever it may be. And and and, and there's really a problem with this because you know we, we, we want to tackle the, the, the physical illnesses of life, but we forget that there are emotional illnesses that people are struggling with and we're not doing anything to help them. And as we said, you know, more people are are at risk of dying of loneliness than people who have obesity, people who have, you know, smoking 15 cigarettes a day. And we need to get our priorities in line as a community. A person feels truly connected when they are seen, heard and valued. So there's a there's a there's one core element that helps people to feel connected. Um, people stay together um, bec- and connected through something called an anchor of connection. Um, an anchor of connection is type like a type of ritual, a repeated action with intention. And then usually what these are are things like our traditions, our habits, our rituals that we form within relationships. And if you want a long-lasting relationship, um, we need to start to learn as a community to form intentional anchors. Now, we have some of these intentional anchors, like going to church, praying together, exercising together, having a date night, uh, making sure that the family gets together every Sunday for the Sunday braai, having Christmas dinners. These are called anchoring um, rituals or, uh, or connections, uh, anchoring that are connections. We need to form purposeful, um, meaningful activities which we all form a part of, where nobody is excluded from so that we can know that these rituals, these anchoring rituals will keep us together, even through the hard times, even when things are not going well, even if you're stuck in COVID-19 or whatever it may be, keep up these rituals because this is what's going to help people to understand that they're seen, heard, and that they are valued and that they form a part of a community. Um, Sometimes we unconsciously leave people out of these rituals. Be careful of this, please. Don't leave people out of, you know, the Sunday bride. For Don't forget to invite them. Be purposeful and intentional in making people part of your rituals. Um, and as much as we all need to be connected and feel connected, um, be careful of, you know, becoming angry and resentful and spiteful and purposefully separating yourself from these rituals when you haven't been included. Perhaps ask questions like, why haven't I been included? Have you forgotten? Um, make yourself part of the rituals and, and, and remind the community that you are in that, that this is something that should be done communally. Rituals need to be purposeful, thought through and inclusive and they need to be communicated. In other words, we're doing this. Don't just assume people are going to make themselves part of it. Do it. Invite people and tell them to be there. Whether it's your family, your work, whoever it is, do it. And then remember to be kind. You see, kind words, looks of sympathy and expressions of appreciation will be to many who are struggling with loneliness, a cup of cold water as to a thirsty soul. Be that cup of cold water to a thirsty soul by being kind, by sharing looks of sympathy, by expressing your expressing your appreciation, helping people to feel valued. You see, healthy interactions with friends are good for you. Just as the Bible said, it is not good for man to be alone. When you are together, it is good for you. It is good for your mental health. It is good for your physical health. And we need to take care of our own as well as other people 
people's mental and physical health. So today, make some effort to reach out to others, to initiate a conversation, even if it's on FaceTime or WhatsApp audio, whatever it is. And when you are lonely and depressed and it's telling you not to do these things, still do them because yes, it's going to take hard work, but it is worthwhile. Just like exercising is worthwhile, even when you are feeling tired and lazy. There's a quote that says, to those who acquaint themselves with Christ, the earth will never more be lonely or a desolate place. It will be their father's house, filled with the presence of him who once dwelt among men. And I like this quote because this quote is basically saying that the first thing that we should do in forming healthy relationships is to acquaint yourself with God. And I believe that the science behind this is is that if our relationship with God is right, if we're loving God and we're feeling God's love in return, we will naturally be prone to form those relationships around us, to love others, and they will then in turn love us because love awakes love. My prayer for you today is as you work on this, that God will be your strength, that God will be your comfort, and as you learn to love him, that you will learn to love others and that they will love you in return. May God bless you. Pastoral Counseling Department of the NCSA invites you to join our daily mental health devotions. You can subscribe by WhatsApping the word yes to plus 27836584296. Broadcasts will be sent out directly to your phone each morning at 8 a.m. Topics are centered on biblical and psychological guidance to achieve good mental health and a balanced lifestyle despite the trials and crises of life. If you are interested in receiving these daily WhatsApp audio devotions straight to your phone, then WhatsApp the word YES to plus 27836584296. And now, may your darkness turn to light as the Son of Righteousness rises with healing in His wings.